0: This morning, I, I entitled the message Serving Together, and I, somebody asked me, what's the title of your message? Well, the title of the message wasn't really important, so I forgot the title, but it's Serving Together. And this morning, I'm not going to have a PowerPoint for you uh, because I think that I want to take this morning's message in a little different direction. Father, this morning, is, as I share... I pray, Father, that you would open our hearts and our understanding, and that you would take us to exactly the place where you want us to be, and to use us for your kingdom and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name, amen. I want to begin with a passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. If you have your Bible and you want to follow along, 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verses 16 to 18. Here's what the Apostle Paul shares with the Corinthian church. And, and the Corinthians church was, was going through some times of turmoil as well. They, they were, it was maybe a little bit different than, than what the church is going through today. But yet there are some very similar circumstances. And here's what Paul he says. He says, therefore, we do not lose heart. We do not lose heart lose heart. We do not lose heart. Life takes us through all kinds of experiences. That's part of life, isn't it? We start life and we go through all kinds of good things and bad things. And, and when things are going well, when we tend to see a future in front of us when all of our dreams seem to come together. All of a sudden, life can throw us a curveball, or, or life can throw us uh, a drop ball, or life can throw us a fastball. And, and the next thing we know, it's strike three. Everything that we had planned, everything that we could see, is gone in a moment. And that's the way things sometimes happen, but that's not at all the way we want things to happen. That's not the way they're supposed to happen. That's not the way we think it's supposed to happen. But again, there's somebody who is overseeing it all, and that's God. As a church here, the Nazarene Church, you have gone through some difficult. And trying times. As I was thinking about the times that you have gone through, it reminded me of Moses and the Israelites. Here were them was Moses and the Israelites, and they had just left slavery in Egypt. And they saw the future. God was releasing them, and they had somewhere to go. They had the promised land. That was the direction that they were heading in. And on the way, they ran into the Red Sea. And behind them was Pharaoh's army. That wasn't the way it was supposed to be. They were supposed to be released from Israel. They were supposed to make their way to the promised land. A land of their own. And when they left, there was hope and there was excitement. And there was, there, there was this picture of the future that was beautiful. And everybody was, was on board. In fact, when, when Israel left Egypt, God even gave them this extra excitement because the people all gave of their gold and their silver, of their clothing. And and, and they went, wow, look at this. We're not only leaving our slavery, we've got all kinds of gifts for the future. The future is very bright. And with expectation, they were on this wondrous, wondrous journey into the future. That is until they reached the Red Sea. There came a time of testing. There came a time of panic. What do we do? We've got the army behind us. Surely they're going to kill us. We've got the Red Sea in front of us. There's nowhere to go. It's a time of dependence. It's a time of dependence on the Lord. God opened the sea and led his nation out of bondage. Safe on the other side, there was Miriam with her tambourine and all the women who were following her. And they began to dance. They began to sing. And they sang this song. Sing, sing to the Lord for he is highly exalted. The horse and the rider he has hurled into the sea. There was this victory. They have just gotten past what they thought was probably the most difficult part of their journey. In that experience, Israel was thinking, blessed times are here. Blessed times are here. There is a future. All we have to do is cross the desert of Shur, and we're in the promised land. Looking back, after wandering in the desert for 40 years, things didn't exactly turn out the way they had thought after they crossed the Red Sea. They had no idea that they were going to be 40 years in the desert. And now, all of a sudden, they found themselves standing before the roaring Jordan River in flood stage. They needed to get across. They needed to get across. And I'm sure that standing before the Jordan River at that time, there was this thought that God can do anything, absolutely anything, And God could have taken them on an easier journey. Why didn't he? Why didn't God take Israel on an easier journey? It's a question I'm sure that they asked themselves. They probably had some answers. But here at the Jordan River, the journey had not ended yet. They were still on the wrong side of the Jordan River. It was still in front of them. They were still on the wrong side of the Jordan River. The journey wasn't over. They had to get across that river. And once they got to cross the river, it still wasn't the promised land. They still had to conquer. There was still work to do. In Deuteronomy chapter 8, however, the way forward was seen. They saw a little into the future. They had this renewed hope. Because they were on the edge of success. Yet they had this leg of journey that was still ahead of them. But the interesting thing is, is that they saw that the goal was attainable. They saw that the gold was attainable. But it required something. It required faith. It required faith in the God that had taken them out of Egypt and brought them to this point in our passage in 2 Corinthians chapter 4 verse 17 the scripture there says for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all there's a purpose behind all of our struggles All of the roadblocks that we run into, there's a purpose behind it. Because God is in control. God is in control. I share this this morning because as a church, you have been on a journey. from the very beginning you've been on a journey and when the journey began there was a lot of hope there was excitement and it was building and then something happened metaphorically We're standing on the river's edge of the Jordan. Metaphorically, that's where we're standing. We have to trust God. We can't trust in ourselves. We have to trust God. Until the day God raptures the church we are going to be on a journey. It will not end until that day. But at the same time, we have hope. We have hope. God is not about to take us out of all of our troubles and our trials and our difficulties. He's not going to take us out of the persecutions that we suffer in this world. But we do have to know that he is going to take us through them whatever we have struggles we have run into as a church, God is taking you through them. He's not removing it. He's taking you through it. And the Bible tells us to trust God, knowing his will is perfect. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. God assures us saying, for I know the plans I have for you. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope in a future. God's promise. And we often take this promise as something that is individual. We take that promise and we hold on to it as an individual. But when God gave that promise, it wasn't for an individual. It was for his nation. It was for his church. It was for his people. and so this morning we can hold on to that promise and i want to emphasize jeremiah or second corinthians chapter 4 verse 16 do not lose heart do not lose heart god has a plan for this journey But we also know in Romans chapter 8 verse 28 it says. We know that God causes all things to work together for good. God causes all things to work together for good. To those who love God. To those who are called according to his purpose. So no matter what we are going through. We can be assured that God is going to work all of this for his good. For our good. For good. That's God's work. God's work is never one that creates bad results. God is always assuring us of good results. So, no matter what we've gone through as as a church, no matter where we are as a church right now, God is working all things out for the good. I'm trusting Him. Are you? Are you trusting him? I share this this morning because I want to talk about a couple other things. And I'm going to get a little comfortable because I want you to be comfortable. Sherry and I were introduced to you about six months ago. Can you believe it? Six months have gone by. To me, it seems like it was yesterday. But six months have gone by. It's very realistic. It was then that Arnie introduced to you a ministry outline for us being here. And I'd like to just refresh your memories a little bit about why God has sent us here and share with you what our work was to be. Sometimes we can forget that. We we have it in the back of of our minds, but why are we really here? And so our work here was to help bring closure to a very difficult past. Pastor Jamie passed away because of his illness. Pastor Neil passed away. And a short while later, uh, Pastor Adrian also left the church. Some very difficult things over a very uh, short period of time. And it's a real struggle. To have lost three leaders in that short time. It's part of our work was to bring closure to that. Part of our work was to minister to you through preaching. Being totally biblical in the preaching. But yet relevant to where we are as a church. And where we need to go. Addressing our needs giving hope to you as a congregation, direction and guidance as God wants to move us forward. Part of our work was to sustain the pastoral care of this church, the visitation, the interaction, the support, the guidance that Sherry and I can give) uh, We are also uh, wanted to be objective in all of that, building blocks of faith and hope and love, uh, promoting communication amongst one another, helping the church to be involved as a body, not as individuals, but as a body working together. Part of our work is to review the administration. That's looking at the organization of the church and how it was organized and the ministries and the programs and and how they work together and and giving guidance to direction in the future. Part of our work is also to help bring renewal into the church, discovering the story of the Nazarene Penticton Church. Um, There is a story here. And part of that is for us to discover it and, and to hopefully share that with you. And, and looking forward to what I believe should be a three-way relationship in the church. One upward, and that is growing. Everyone growing in their love, in their faith, in their relationship with the Lord. Secondly, to be growing inwardly. That of of rebuilding broken relationships, uh, that of healing and forgiveness and and sharing the ministry work together. The outward portion reaching outside of these walls. Because we cannot grow as a church if we remain in these walls. Part of the work is to take what God is building here and move it outside of these walls. Part of our work was to look at the vision of this church and uh, help bring clarity to the vision and renewed vision of the church uh, to ensure that it's God-led and that it is a workable vision, one that involves the congregation for us to move forward. It's to look at the organizational health, looking at the structure of the church Looking at the way that we communicate with one another. Looking at authority, responsibility, policies and values of the church. And then finally to be a guide to a long-term pastoral search. That's the end goal. The end goal here for us is to have someone of your choosing in this church who will carry you for many years, to take you across the Jordan River, to take you into the promised land. The journey's not ended there. Remember, they had to conquer. There's still work. When a new pastor comes, it's not the end. It's not the time to relax. It's the time to conquer. It's the time to move forward. It's the time to take possession of the land. So the question now after six months is, how are we doing? How are we doing as a church? And where are we going? Where are we going? I've had conversations with our church board discussions, Sherry and I have had opportunity to talk to a number of people here in our congregation about uh, the closure that you have, we have been trying to bring with regards to Pastor Jamie and Pastor Neil and Pastor Adrian. And from our conversations, I believe that there is closure Pastor Jamie and Pastor Neil. It, it's the sense that we've gotten from you as a church. And it's wonderful. It's not that we forget, it's the fact that we are settled with God's plan. We're settled with God's plan. In our conversations with regards to Pastor Adrian that's still not quite settled there's still there's still not full closure but as you know the circumstances pastor adrian was placed in was in a position to step into pastor neil's position as a long-term pastor it bore great responsibility and it was challenging challenging to say the least for Adrian and the pastoral experience that he has had prior to this upon leaving from this church Dr. Larry Dull who is the Nazarene Canada West District Office minister, met with Adrian to have a, an exit survey. So he met with him to talk about all the things that had transpired while he was ministering here. And, and I'm not privileged to share what is in that interview. That's not my privilege to share. And if there were some very Important issues, I am sure that Dr. Dahl would have shared that with you. Which he has not. So all fears and concerns with regards to Adrian can be put to rest. However, out of that interview... it did consider some of the circumstances that Pastor Adrian was facing. None of these, or or there's an indication that several of these areas of ministry in which Pastor Adrian found himself was uncomfortable for him. Just because of who he was and the situation that he was put into. And he expressed as Sherry and I met with him, Uh, We did visit with him, and he expressed to us that his style of ministry and who he was didn't seem to fit with who you are as a church. And so his decision was made, not in order to leave you without anything, but his decision was made in order to help you as a church to move forward in the direction you wanted to go. So basically what he was doing was releasing you to make your own decision and take your own direction. And he felt it was best for someone with more diverse experience to really lead this church. And so that decision was made. So I'm hoping that if there were any questions that you had, that it would be settled in your heart we have to remember that God ordains our path. He directs our ways. He moves us where he wants to take us. And I believe that he's done that. And I want to say here that, the, that it is important that leadership giftings match the congregation. It's very hard to minister at a place where you're going in different directions. And certainly a pastor can have a strong personality and carry a church and take a church in a certain direction. But when that pastor isn't there anymore, the direction fails. The momentum stops. I'll give you a little example. When Rick Warren's son passed away, many said he is the direction of the church. But when his son passed away and he took a year away from the church, he came back to find that the church had grown 5,000 in number. That was the fastest growth that church had had in its history in his absence. That's God-led. That's not leader-led. And one of the things you want to have as a church is you want to have a church that is God-led. God chooses leaders. God chose Moses to lead the Israelites. But God was the leader. God was in control. It was in God's direction that Moses led Israel. And we also find that sometimes we have a wonderful pastor that comes and everything is wonderful. And then circumstances change. And then all of a sudden decisions are made for the best outcome of the church. I believe Pastor Jamie has done that for you. Why am I sharing this with you? Because if we're going to have full closure, we need to understand. We need to understand where it's coming from and where it's going. And we need to be settled in our own hearts. Because if it's not, it creates dissension. If we understand and work together, we have a way forward. And we need to talk about some of these things. And that's something that doesn't happen in this church very often. We don't talk about difficult situations. But by sharing with you today... I believe it's important and it will help us to and enable us to move forward together as a church. Secondly, I want to be open with you. I don't want secrets. I don't want stuff under the table. Swept under the rug. Because you know, it does come back. It eventually comes back. And the easiest way for us to be unified in Christ the easiest way for us to be unified together is that when something happens, we address it immediately. We address it immediately. I know sometimes it seems like we're fearful because we think something worse is going to happen if we bring this out. What happens if everybody knows about it? People are going to leave the church because of what they hear well, it's better they hear about it today than they hear about it in 10 years from now. It's better to deal with it at once. Someone once said, if you plant a tree, a small tree, it's very easy to pull out from the roots. But if you wait 10 years and let the roots take hold, you've got one big job. We're going to be to work and, and, and move forward together. We need to do it together. Your leadership, myself, my wife as well, we are going to try to be as open as possible with you as a church, to try to deal with everything in a way that allows us to, to move forward. At the same time, we will be calling on you as a congregation to be more involved in the work and the ministry of this church. God calls us to be participants. He doesn't call us to be the audience, the spectators. God had never intended his church to be a spectator church. He had always intended us To be working together. To participating. And so we want to. Involve you more. uh, In that area. As far as preaching is concerned. I think you've probably noticed that. The preaching has been. Mostly topical. And it has been applicable to our church's current issues and needs. Helping us move in the right direction. And giving guidance. And I want to continue down that road. At least for the time being. Because I believe that's the direction that God wants us to go. As far as visitation is concerned. Sherry and I have had a number of opportunities to visit with many of you in our congregation. And we appreciate that. Uh, We've had people in our home. We've been in some people's home. We've been out to lunch with a number of people and so appreciate the ability to get to know you and spend some time with you. Uh, I also want to give a lot of credit to Alan and Sybil because what they have done is wonderful is they have taken time to invite not only us but others from our congregation into their home to meet one another, to spend an evening together. And I appreciate that so much, Ellen and Sybil. Uh, not only given? it's given us a great opportunity to get to know you better. Uh, we have invited others in this congregation to invite us over. We'd love to spend some time with you as time permits. But that's one way in which we can be involved, get to know one another, and be able to understand where we are going as a church. We've also seen a lot of growing in the care of our congregation. Uh, There's more and more of you who are interacting and connecting and beginning to know each other better and working together, encouraging one another, lifting one another up. That's what scripture is calling us to do. And so I want to encourage you to do that all the more, to do that all the more. I mean, if we are interacting and visiting and working together, we become a family. We don't become attendees. We become the family of God. And I want to encourage you to do that all the more. We have not reached the stage of reviewing our or- organizational structure. We're not there yet. Uh, nor looking at the administration of ministries of this church. With regards to vision, we have met together as a board. And we are in the process of looking at the vision of the Penticton Nazarene Church. Looking at the possibility of some revision and renewal of that vision many of us today could probably not say tell us what the vision of this church is it may be unspoken but it's not put out there so it's very difficult as a church to say I know where we're going the Israelites had that in mind they were told that they were going to the promised land they had that vision They knew they had to exit Israel, I mean Egypt. They knew they had to cross the Red Sea. They knew they had to go across the desert and into the land of Canaan. They had the vision. We need a vision. We need to know where we're going. In the meantime... One of the struggles for this church as a church in transition is communication. We want to do it better. We want to do it better. We want to communicate with you. Uh, We want our church leadership to communicate with you, your pastor. Uh, We want uh, the congregation to have that communication together. And so one of the things that we have done is we have called together a transitional team. A team of six people from among your church here. And uh, their job is going to be uh, meeting together and you're going to be hearing from them. Uh, one One of the ideas of the transitional team is to understand and know who you are. As a person and as a congregation. To know what the needs of the congregation are. To know what the talents and abilities of this congregation are. To know the direction that God is leading in each of your lives. Uh, They will be working together with me and our leadership as a liaison. They will be consulting with you. And they will be helping you become a more healthy church. Which brings us to a pastoral search. And consulting with our, with our board, we are not at that place yet. And I want to assure you, as well as our leadership, that we will not go into a pastoral search until you are ready. Until you're ready. It could be that our leadership is ready, but it could be that you are not but when you tell me that you are ready to go into a pastoral search, we will go into a pastoral search. Our job here, Sherry and I, our job is to work ourselves out of a job. We want to come to a place where God has someone in this church that will take you further than you've ever gone before. That's the intention. And I believe that's what God God wants for this church as well. Today has been quite an uninspiring message. But I believe it's important. It's important for you as a church to know where God is taking you, it's important for us to move forward. If there's anyone that we need to put our dependence in now, it is in our Lord and Savior. I am very pleased to know that the people who meet here has stabilized. That we are not losing congregants, but that we have actually seen a few people come back. And that's wonderful. And we have seen people visit. And we hope that God will allow us to minister to those who visit. And that they would become part of this congregation. We know that Jesus is our rock. He is our foundation. It's the very reason we're here. The very reason we're here is to honor God. To worship him. For God to use us as his instruments in furthering his kingdom. We have a very definite purpose that God has given us from scripture. And we need to fulfill that purpose. And the only way we're going to do it is with his help. We can't do it on our own. None of us can. We may have some ideas But they matter not unless they're God's ideas. So we will carry forward with with the Lord at the helm. With the Lord's direction and guidance. Psalm chapter 121 verses 1 to 3 says this. The psalmist says, I lift up my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from from the Lord. The maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He who watches over you. Will not slumber. That's a promise to us. He is watching over you. He is watching over this church. He has not gone to sleep. And I don't know what is going to transpire. With all of this epidemic. That is the, the, whatever you want to call it, um, with all the things that are happening with this COVID virus, it may be bringing the church closer together. My hope is that God has a plan for this. I, I know He does. But my hope is that it will all work out uh, to benefit His church. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29 says, He gives us strength, He gives strength to the weary. And increases the power of the weak. So no matter what the situation we're in. He's the one who is going to strengthen us. He's the one who is going to give us power. In Psalm chapter 127 verse 1. Unless the Lord builds the house. The builder labors in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the city. The watchmen stand guard in vain. Unless the Lord watches over the Penticton Nazarene Church. Everything we do is in vain. Do we trust him? We have to. We have to. Because nothing will happen without him. We have to trust in the Lord. So, I want to encourage you this morning to trust in Him, trust in the process that God has begun. Look forward. I know that there is a flooding and raging river that is standing before us or or moving in front of us. And the question we still have is how do we get across? How do we get across? God found a way for Israel and he has a way for us. I want to encourage you with that. He's got a plan and he will carry it out. So I want to conclude with with uh, Bob Goff's statement. And he said what? God. Love God love people, and do something, right? God doesn't want to just say, I'm going to do it all, and you guys sit around. He says, love me, love the people you are with me, and do something about it. And so I want to leave that with you this morning. Father, you are our Lord. You are our God. <laughs> In a, there, there's no one else that we can depend upon There's nowhere else for us to turn. There's nowhere forward without you. We have to put our whole selves in. And we have to say, Father, take us the way we are. You are the potter, we are the clay. Mold us and make us, Lord. Make us in your way. Make us vessels that honor and glorify you, that build your kingdom for your glory. We pray and we ask in Jesus' name, amen.